Hey everybody, this is Sophie and welcome to episode 129 of the Big Boo Cast. We are so happy to be back with you in 2019. And on this episode, we feel the need to warn you just a little bit. If you normally listen with your kids, this might not be the best episode for that. Or you may just want to be careful when you do that. Because we talk about some Christmas traditions and how those traditions change as your kids get older and so if your kids are little we don't want to ruin anything for them or for you we also talk about a show that i recently watched that's pretty heavy in terms of its content and so again probably not the best thing for little ears so we just want to warn you up front about that but we also talk about the national championship football game we talk about a&m's bowl game we talk about our christmases and all kinds of other fun things. Before we get to all of that though, I want to talk to y'all for just a second about something that is relatively new to me, but it is oh so helpful, and it is called care.com. Y'all, every year I am reminded more and more that family care needs can be so unpredictable, whether that's because of sick kids or because you need to pick up a parent after an operation or a hospital stay or emergency visits to the vet. These are all things that happen to families all the time. Sometimes you just need an extra set of hands on demand, oftentimes when you least expect it, and that is where care.com comes in. Care.com is the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care. At care.com, you can find care for everybody in the family, whether you need childcare while you're at work or you want to line up a sitter for a date night. Maybe you want to find a nanny or you need a housekeeper or a dog walker. Using care.com makes life simpler for families everywhere. And at care.com, you can find, book, and pay for care all in one place. It makes it so easy to take care of any household employer obligations. If you need to pay taxes for somebody, it also provides access to a variety of background check options, which is so important that you can purchase to help you make the best hiring decision. You can join care.com for free as a basic member and start searching for great local caregivers. Once you upgrade to a premium membership, you can reach out to those people. You can schedule interviews and you can even book and pay for your care online or through the care.com app. Y'all, I was so impressed with how easy the care.com interface is. It's so simple to put in what you're looking for. I found in just seconds that within my zip code, there are over 140 people who will walk dogs. And y'all know Hazel, y'all, she's somebody who requires some specific care and I'm really happy to know that when we get in a bind or when we need a little extra help because we've got a ton going on that there's such an easy way to find great help to take care of Hazel. So if you would like to save 30% off a care.com premium membership visit care.com slash big boo when you subscribe. It's so easy, y'all. Just go to care.com slash big boo and you can save 30% off a care.com premium membership. Alrighty, y'all. As always, we're so glad you're here with us. 
Remember, if you're here, you're home. Here we go with episode 129. Hey everybody, this is Sophie. This is Boo Mama. Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama. And this is our first episode of 2019. I know. How surreal is it that it's 2019? Oh, it is surreal on so many levels that it is 2019. I mean, like I thought it was funny because I was trying to write something the other day and I was like, what do you call this? Like the 20 teens? Like what's this Uh decade? Like when you're trying to write about it. But I was like, well, next year that won't be a problem because we'll be in the 20s. It'll be the 20s. It'll be the 20s. It'll I mean, I don't know that it's going to be the roaring 20s, but it's going it may be the sad 20s, but it's going to be some 20s. It's going to be the 20s. Well, and you know what I really thought about? And I don't mean to start off on a real depressing note, but I remember when Caroline was little and at one point I calculated, I was like, well, she won't graduate from high school till 2021 and that's Uh forever away. Mm -hmm. And so when 2019, when that dawned on me, January 1st, I was like, oh, well, we are real close to 2021. Mm -hmm. And I I would also like to point out just, just for reference purposes, really, maybe just to prepare you for what's ahead um, that you're going to have to listen to for the next um, 10-ish months, but this is the year when I turn 50 years old. Like, oh, I turned 50 oh. years old this year. And, and like, when I tell you that on New Year's <laughs> Eve, I sat, I just almost had to put my head down for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to reference the fact that I'm in my 40s 7,500 times <laughs> on podcast episodes this year, first of all. I'm going to say it every time. Well, you know, I mean, just as somebody in my 40s, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it so many times. So I oh. was laying in bed on, and um, David, of course, had fallen asleep within four seconds. And so I'm yes, sitting, of course. Th- sitting there thinking about the new year and all that kind of stuff. Alex was out of town, and I just was really trying to comprehend this whole idea that I'm, that I'm going to turn 50, that I'm going to be 50 years old. Like that's really never been anywhere in my expectations. You know what I mean? And so so I'm really trying to process this. And then it was like, I got seized. Like I got seized down like (laughs) underneath my ribs with like, oh my gosh, next I'll be 60. Like once I make this trip to 50, then the next thing is 60. And I, I read a letter to a friend of mine who turned, who was about to turn 50, um, a couple of days ago and her husband did this really sweet thing where he it, like had people sign up for 50 days of her, like different people to write letters on 50 different days. Okay. And so I wrote I mine that. and I was like, why did nobody tell us that that time from when we were like 22 until now would just be a blip, like just, yes. Oh, it's the craziest thing. And so I remember when I turned 40 and you were still 38. I remember this. Like, <laughs> I remember you I just, being in, I remember so you being in your 30s, like a little bit, just a little bit mm-hmm. longer than I was. Yeah. And so um, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to do better with that. But I just, I can't believe Because again, I remember thinking when Alex was born, when he graduates from high school, I'm going to be like 52. It's, I mean, like, that uh-huh. is a long time away. 
Yes, that is forever away. You know what I remember about when I was still in my 30s and you turned 40 was that was when we went to one of those living proof. And remember Beth did her whole thing about Lois and Eunice. And the whole, and I was, I was, <laughs> and I was still a Lois. No, no, no. I had to stand up as a Lois and you were still a Eunice. That's right. Uh-huh. I was still a Eunice. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was still a. I was still just a young. I mean, barely. I was a Eunice by like a like six months at that yeah, point. I mean, I was hanging on. Yeah, set out. I was hanging on by a thread. Uh-huh. But, but it you, was. But you let me stand. Uh, it, I remember that too. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Because I just wanted you to pour in your wisdom as an older That's woman right. to me. And I think I had to bless you. I think I, <laughs> I, think I had to say a blessing <laughs> over you as a younger woman. And I, I like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I did it. For and some you know I too. Like you, too. <laughs> oh, you just, you just <laughs> sat there and looked up at me and blinked your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like Bambi. Just uh-huh. like a. Just a young little deer just trying to find my way. Oh, I know. It's very strange. It's It was funny because I was watching over Christmas break. I turned on When Harry Met Sally at one point. And that part where she's like having the meltdown because Joe, her fiance, her ex-boyfriend or whatever, is getting married. And mm-hmm. she's like, and I'm going to be 40. You know, and he's like, when? And she's like, someday. And I thought, I remember watching that and thinking 40 no wonder she's worried about that in eight years because that's so old. And now, but I know. Listen, I know. I, I wish I could go back to that green, green landscape of 40. Listen, this picture that I'm going to put up on Instagram later of us that I found this morning of us, um, which was right after, I, I think it was what I, my, like my 41st birthday or something. And I mean, yeah. I feel like we look, we, I mean, we look like we're in college to me. Yeah. Like we, we, yeah. we, we look so fresh faced and young and rested. Just a just a couple of babies. That was before I discovered the rosehip oil. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So oh, anyway, goodness. so that's that's my big 2019 thing. Is oh my word, 50. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn 50, and then mm. you start to think, well, this is why people are like are like 89 and still say they feel like they always did because you always feel like you always did. Like you always yeah. just feel like you. I don't know. That's it. That's it. Well, you know, it's funny because I've started, I also read over the break. I haven't finished it yet, but, um, and God, why am I blanking on the name right now? Anne Lamont's newest book. Yes. Um, oh, oh, what is it? Something, everything, anything. Hold on. Now I've got to find it because it's okay. going to drive me crazy. Um, almost everything. Yes. Thank you. Almost everything. But she talks about how internally you're always like the same. You you don't age internally. It's mm-hmm. just it's just on the outside. But like that's why you always feel like you're so young. Yeah, I mean, I like I just does not make sense to me mm-hmm. that I'm going to be fifty. And I don't know. No. I do, I will say I don't have the same kind of apprehension about it that I did with forty. 40, I was really, like, I was really dreading 40. I would not say I'm dreading 50 at all. I just think it's weird. Like, isn't that, isn't that a yeah. kick that I would turn four, that I would turn 50? But yeah. 40, I really, I, I did not, I did not enjoy turning 40. I did not, I did not know how to embrace that. But I have loved my 40s so much. And so that makes me a little, a little, and I didn't necessarily love my 30s. So I think that's made me a little bit more eager to like, okay, well, you just keep walking. Like, I don't know what else to do. You just, yeah, just yeah. keep walking. Well, 
And I think, I mean, and there again, I don't know why I'm going to go to such a downer place today, but I think we're also at the age where you look around and go, you know what? I'm going to take 50 over the alternative. I mean, you know, like, it's it's like, well, this is so it's, you know, and it is what it is. And I'm like, look, I've accepted it. I mean, I've got my forehead wrinkles and I'm taping them to beat the band, but there's only so much that (laughs) surgical tape can do. That's what I'm going to tell you. So I can't tape up my whole face. I, I think I've also got enough. I think if my 40s have done anything for me, and I, we did not intend to have this big discussion about age, but like if my 40s have done anything for me, they have sort of solidified my resolve in terms of my interactions with the relationships with younger women, like to call some people forward. And so mm-hmm. that I think that that's kind of like how I feel about 50 is like, all right, I'll tell you what, yeah. I've learned, I've learned a thing or two. And yes. if, if I can pass along anything is I like, you know, beckon you to just run on up here. I don't know. I uh-huh. just, uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of, it's kind of a neat, a neat thing to, to start yeah. to be on the other side of some stuff. I even thought last night, Alex started lacrosse last <laughs> night. And um, they've started back with practice and I was, I took him and and three other boys to practice yesterday afternoon and they were so excited about, you know, kind of getting back in it. And he got, somebody dropped him off after practice last night and um, one of his friend's moms dropped him off and he came in and like, he was four feet off the ground. He was so happy. You know, he had Mm -hmm. just had a blast. It was hard. He loved it. And I thought, okay, like. This is where I like, I, f- I feel like I'm in a place where I would honestly say like, it's thank you to my former self and thank you to David's former self for, for encouraging him to try something new when he was in sixth grade and to try yes. lacrosse. Like, I don't know. There's just stuff like that where you go, okay, there's, you start to see a little bit of payoff. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm just sitting here calculating in my head that I'm just, it's dawning on me. I don't know that I've ever had this realization that I'm literally probably going to be moving Caroline into her college dorm when I turn 50. Yes, she will. The week that's all going to happen at the same time. Oh, okay. No, I better plan a vacation. I better plan something. Okay. And it feels right. and it feels weird. Like there's a little bit like when you turn 30, like, oh, I want to have a 30th mm-hmm. birthday party or even 40. I don't necessarily feel like, oh, I want to have a 50th birthday party. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Not that I'm not grateful. I just, yeah. I think I might want to celebrate quietly. Yes, I know. I don't ever really want to have a party for myself. Mm-hmm. That's, well, that's just true. Me you know, that's kind of that's, that's a lot of yeah. <laughs> so how about about just let's have a party. It's going to be two people going to dinner. Well, you remember that? when I turned forty though, I didn't plan anything, and then I was real sad. You know, I had several months. That was the that coincided nicely for that that Christmas when I watched the proposal over and over, and mm-hmm. um, so I, I regretted not doing anything because I do like a yes. marker. I like a marker. Yes. But I need to be, I need to be wise about, about what it, what it is. So, yeah, I know. Okay. Well, there you have it. Come yeah. on 2019. Yeah. I mean, whether I like it or not, here we are. Yeah. Okay. Here um, we are. All right. So Christmas, how was the Shankle yeah. Christmas? We had a lovely Christmas. I mean, it was, it was very nice. It was, um, I will tell you that it was like 75 degrees Christmas day, which mm. is, I just, I really don't like that. I hate having a warm Christmas and mm. I've lived in Texas long enough that I should know that's just sometimes part of it. Um, 
I ended up making crawfish etouffee for Christmas Day instead of gumbo. So I, I made it. Oh, for, yum. Uh, and it was good. And so that was a good um, Christmas Day. So we, um, I'm trying to think, we just did our usual. We went to church. We went to um, Mimi and Bob's that night and with my sister and did presents. And then Christmas Day, we were just here and slept in and saw what Santa Claus brought and okay. hung out. And then um, that was it. And then went over to Gully's uh, Christmas night and it was, it was good. I mean, it's, I feel like that's the other thing. Christmas with a teenager is so, it's such a laid back affair. Oh yes. Oh yes. You know, uh-huh. it's just, it's, it's easy, which I have to say, I I really prefer it. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot less, you don't feel all the amped up expectations and hopes and dreams uh, to me it's just it's just you can just celebrate it and relax and it was enjoyable it's a little bit more of a hangout vibe it's like it's a little bit more of a um it's 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 super low-key it's it's relaxed it's easy I don't know it's not you're not up late trying to get everything ready it's just like you you rest a little bit Mm -mm. well it's funny because Perry and I when we were leaving one night we went to, where were we going? We had a, we had a party or a dinner or something and we were leaving and our neighbor across the street, it was like two or three nights before Christmas. And he was in the garage across the street, putting together like a, one of those pink, like Barbie Mercedes mm-hmm. Humvee type things. And he was just over there and I got in the car and asked Perry, I go, do you wish that was us? And he's like, that looks terrible. I mean, like you just, you get past it where you're like, yeah, I'm glad that, you know what we're going to do? Set out here's some candy and some socks that Santa brought. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I didn't even do stockings this year. You I mean, didn't. like I didn't, I didn't put a single thing in a stocking. Okay, y'all. If you have small children who are listening right now, and if those small children really treasure certain Christmas traditions, this would be a great time for you to put on your headphones or to put in your earbuds because we want for your children to continue to treasure those traditions. Alrighty, thanks a bunch. You know what? But see, everybody, no, nobody, yeah. nobody thinks that Santa Claus is the one who, who 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 leaves that stuff. And I didn't think about it. I literally, really, did not think about putting one thing in the stockings until just now when you mentioned stockings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. The jig is up. I mean, that's kind of. It was funny because this was really the first year where, like, Santa left some stuff, but like. Santa left some pencils and like a sketch pad and some socks. You know, it was kind of like I didn't because I was like, she'd rather have more stuff to unwrap under the tree. So that's where every that's where everything went. Do you remember though? I mean, I want to say as recently as like four years ago. Yes, you were. You were like, I think Caroline really still believes in Santa Claus. Do you remember that? Oh. Yes, I I legitimately thought she believed through seventh grade. Now she will tell me now that she did not, but she. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. That she played that thing yeah. well. I'm going to tell say. you that I, that I didn't think she still believed when she was when she was 11, <laughs> but <laughs> but she had her mama wrapped around her finger with that one. Uh huh. Because Caroline's is. Caroline's too practical. Like she's she, she's too <laughs> much of a straight shooter. So, but it but it was so sweet that you thought that she still like, and you really did not want to ruin it for her either. Like you really, <laughs> it was very sweet. 
Yeah, I know. I really didn't. That's right. I really didn't. Yeah. And I thought, and I remember because it was the Christmas, it was right after seventh grade Christmas that she said one night, she said, mom, I need to tell you something. And I was like, what? And she was like, Santa Claus isn't real. And I was like, it was almost like she was, and she told me later, she said, I wanted to tell you, but you were so excited about it. so sums up our entire relationship yes yes how sweet that she had the sensitivity to let you down gently with that thing like she she knew that you were really invested i hate to tell you mom but you're the one that moves that elf every night Oh, so yeah so there you have it but yeah i really did so Sweet. Uh, so how about y'all? How about y'all's Christmas other than having no stockings? Other than we had no stockings. Um, it was good. We were back and forth. We were on the road a lot, kind of to Mississippi and back and to Mississippi and back and to Mississippi and back. But it was good. And after Christmas, my sister and her husband ended up staying for several days. And that was really fun to kind of get to wind down and just to do some fun, you know, like just go get manicures and pedicures and that kind of thing. Yeah, um, that's fun. But really, I mean, it was it was pretty busy in terms of just our, our, our coming and going until we dropped Alex off at for for the church retreat thing on the 29th. And then I would say that was a little bit of a wind down, you know, just with him being mm-hmm. gone and all that kind of stuff. And he came back New Year's Day and then we had a couple of days to hang out before school started back. But but it was good. It was yeah. easy. Super yeah. easy. David and I had already said that we weren't doing anything for each other this year because of a trip we're taking later on in the year. We were going to let the trip kind of be our, tri- our our gift to each other. But now you got a most delightful Christmas gift from, from Perry. Listen, Perry, I'm going to tell you, hang in there, young married people, because it took him 21 years, but he nailed it this Christmas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have never felt more loved. I have never felt more seen. I mean, he really did. When I unwrapped it, he and Caroline both were like, I don't think we've ever seen you this excited about anything ever. Like it. So it's the Opal ice machine. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I mean, the Lord is good. I'm going to tell you, it's life changing. It is my favorite thing. I I can't even tell you how how many scoops of ice I get throughout the day. I mean, it's, it's so perfect. It's exactly like Sonic Ice in your home. Mm. It sits on my countertop. Um, A lot of people have asked, I will say a lot of people have asked because it does have some bad reviews on Amazon. Um, Okay. I think that those were earlier models. I have a friend that has had one for two years and she said hers has worked like a charm um, and she's never had a problem with it. Um, And so far mine has worked like a charm. I've had no problems with it. Um, Okay. So so do you put water in there and it makes ice from the water? Yeah. So you've, so when you first get it, so you put water in it. So it's got like a, okay. a, a bottom, you know, I don't know, what do you call that? A vessel that you put the water a in. A, a reservoir. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. So you pour water in that and then you turn it on and you just leave it on all the time. 
Okay. Um, and it, but the, the beauty of it is, is that it makes the ice, it keeps the ice in like a little plastic thing that you can tilt out and you can scoop, which Perry even got me. It came with a plastic scoop, but he had ordered me like a really cute little pewter, like stainless steel scoop to scoop. That's Caroline Shankle. I'm going to tell you right yeah, now. That, that's Caroline, um, yeah. That's Caroline mm-hmm. Shankle. But yeah. listen, so, good for Perry. Good for <laughs> he Perry. Listened. Listen, he, he listened did. to her. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, so I got the scoop. Um, so anyway, so you scoop your ice out. Well, the ice, as it melts down in there, it, it all recycles itself. So like it melts and then it recirculates. So you really only have, yeah. So really I only have to refill it. So you just top it off and a little blue light comes on to tell you it needs more ice. And so you don't, I only have to do that about once every two days you have to top it off. Okay. And then other than that, it just runs and it makes ice. It has a nightlight on it. I have an app on my phone where if I need it to start making more ice, I can tell it like, hey, make more ice. I can turn on a bright nightlight if I need to do that. It's, so where do you have it in your kitchen? Like by your refrigerator or? Yeah. So I put it right by, so it's, it's countertop. So I put it, um, I put it right by my refrigerator and then I moved my, that's where I'd had my Keurig. And then I had like a little coffee bar set up with yes. a, like in a little tray. So now I have my Keurig on one side and then I have a little silver tray that's got, um, like cups and sugar and coffee stuff. And then, um, and then I have it right there next to my refrigerator. I'm so excited for you. I mean, I know. So you could, if you wanted to, you could dump all the ice out and like bag it up and have like bags of ice. I guess if you needed to do that, if you were trying to stockpile some ice, but for our ice needs, it's just because really I'm the only one. Caroline is enjoying it. Perry doesn't really care about ice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that I'm going to know you need an intervention when you start telling me that you're just bagging ice in case you need it sometime in the future and putting it in the freezer. <laughs> I'm and gonna, I might. If you, I'm going to tell you that. Uh, yeah, I know. Because now I'm like an ice snob. I feel like now I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. No, don't worry about all you have are cubes. No, thank you. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm good. Uh huh. It I, just carrying your little so cooler good. wherever you go so you can get your yeah. preferred ice. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's so great. So, um, because you can have, I mean, so I haven't driven through, I haven't gotten a Sonic drink. I haven't gotten a Chick-fil-A drink. Um, I make myself like ice water and then I squeeze lemon in it and it's got all that ice in it. And it's so good. I've never been more hydrated is what I'm telling you. Well, so you would to, love it. Caduce to you and caduce to Perry for coming through good. with that. Yeah, he did good. So that was, so that was super exciting. So, um, which of course, then of course, Christmas day, we got it and like the button that turns it on is like a, you know how everything's like a heat sensor touch now or whatever. And so first thing, like we got it all filled up and I'm trying to read and I go to mash the power button and he was like, you're going to break it, you know? And then that was kind of the end of, he was like, you're too rough on stuff. And so <sighs> Merry and Christmas. we were back. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. So that's it. So yeah. Hey y'all, it's Sophie, all by myself in the middle of the podcast because I want to tell you about a couple of things. Here's the first thing. FabFitFun, y'all. FabFitFun is the best. It's a seasonal subscription box with full-size, regular full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It retails for $49.99, but it always has a value of over $200. The winter box is available now, so sign up before they sell out. You do not want to miss it because when you get your FabFitFun box in the mail, it feels like Christmas four times a year, y'all. Every single time I get one, 
I have to go into a room where I'm alone and I have to open it with the silence that it deserves as I look through and, and see what is in store. You might find skincare from Glam Glow or Kate Somerville or fashion items from Free People or from Trina Turk or beauty products from Moroccan Oil. It's so much fun. The winter box, y'all, is epic. It has products like a knit throw from Mark and Graham and some body cream from Anthropology, dry shampoo from Orbe, and a coaster set from Urban Home, and that's just the beginning of it, so don't miss out. All you have to do is check out fabfitfun.com and use the code BIGBOO so you can save $10 off your first box, which makes it only $39.99. Again, that's fabfitfun.com and use the code BIGBOO. This subscription service, y'all, will bring you such joy all year long and you deserve to treat yourself. Here's the second thing I want to tell y'all about, the social media. If you have ever listened to a podcast and thought, you know, this is not quite enough nonsense for me. I need more nonsense from these people. Let me point you in the direction of some social media. You can follow Melanie and me on Twitter. Melanie is Big Mama. I am Boo Mama. You can follow us on Instagram. Melanie is Melanie Shankle. I am Boo Mama 205. And then you can follow us together on our podcast Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Big Boo Cast. We would love to see you in any of these places. We're so happy to see you here. And we hope you enjoy the rest of episode 129. Did y'all, I know you you did, but did y'all watch the national championship game? Oh, of course we did. Yes, we watched the national championship game. I I have to say that I was stunned at the outcome. Yes. Were you? Yeah, yeah. I was really surprised. Now, I I did think that Clemson, I mean, I, I, I... I didn't. I didn't necessarily expect that they would win, but I definitely thought it was a strong possibility possibility that they could win. But mm-hmm. I did not expect. I did not expect such a one sided affair. I did not. I did not. No, no. It was crazy. I felt like Nick Saban. I've never seen him look like he didn't know what to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he kind of looked. By the third quarter, I fully expected, I thought we were going to come out at halftime and we were going to have Jalen Hurts as quarterback. Right. And then I thought, they were, I thought well, there'll be a big comeback. There always is a big comeback. Yeah. Like every every That's time there's a comeback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought they were going to readjust at halftime, but like they didn't. I mean, they, sh- I mean, caduce to Clemson, speaking of, because they came prepared and I really did not think, and here's. I don't mean this. I don't mean this the way it sounds. I think that because A and M had come within two points of beating Clemson, so let's let that right. soak in for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. So technically, we're really the second best team in the country. I'm just saying by transitive properties, that means we're like number two in the nation. Yeah, I mean I, um, that's a simple equation to sit to set up and figure that out. Thank you. That's I mean that's kind of what I feel like. So, but it was it was I think because we had played them that close, I did not think Clemson was necessarily as good is what Alabama was because I was looking at how we played against Alabama versus how we played against Clemson. But apparently I was wrong. So I, there, there were a couple of things that I noticed. And again, this is in my vast coaching experience, you know, so really take what I have to say about this, this deal to heart, because I think Mm -hmm. we all know I'm coming with a lot of, 
with a, a, a long um, history of, of coaching experience. Um, by the way, today our football coach at school came and sat down in my office and because um, he needed to ask me about something. And so he sat down. He said, hey, OK, I've got a couple of questions. I said, so you want me to be your offensive coordinator? Is that the deal? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm ready. He said, well, I mean, we have looked at a lot of people and I feel like, yeah, that's exactly it. So um, not really. But yeah. Um, here's, here's the, was the most marked difference to me. And again, I don't really know what this means. I've never played football, but I've watched a lot. It, yeah. Th- they were so loose on the Clemson sideline. Yeah. Like Dabo was loose. The players were loose. There was a lot. That, and I, and I get like, you get up on Alabama like that. You're, you know, but just in general, just their whole demeanor was so celebratory not necessarily because hey we're beating Alabama by a lot just in general they just look loose and yeah. and I know yeah. you know that there are all kinds of thoughts about that sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's not a bad thing and I mean it's not a good thing and sometimes it's not even a thing but just it was interesting to me that that there was such a contrast between what what the sidelines looked like and in, in terms of just the fire of the teams I so agree take- I agree thought they looked super I thought they I, I don't know I felt like nobody was happier to be in in that stadium than Dabo Sweeney was oh he listen and his speech at the end I mean he's mm-hmm. as folksy as all get out he's like I mean you know we come to wherever we are California and play and I'm like I mean you wouldn't know he just played for he's just he's so likable you can't help but like him and be inspired right. by what he's done and what he's built and it really is something. I was I was really super happy for him. And then 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 the flip side of that was which and I get it. Well, I don't get it because I've never been as a as a fan. I've never really been in the same boat. But a lot a lot at least on social media, there were some Alabama fans who got super defensive. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or, yeah. or, well, I shouldn't even say defensive. That's the wrong word. Who were like, the sky's falling, the sky's, well, okay, yeah. well, I guess that's it. Well, yes. And I'm yes. like, listen, y'all, simmer down. It's, y'all are yes. going to be fine. I don't know if you're aware, but your coach is Nick Saban. <laughs> I feel really good about the future of Alabama football. I don't yeah. Think that this is the end of the dynasty. I don't think that this is the end of an era. No, I, I mean, I I really don't feel even a a, a measure of concern for no. what the future looks like. And you know, Nick Saban on that plane home was trying to oh. figure out what they could have done differently, how they're going to yeah. do it better, and how that's never going to happen again. Oh, I, I guarantee you that's never going to happen again. I mean, he mm-hmm. is, it's, he's going to figure that thing out. And I, I think, you know, and somebody said, and I think they were saying it on the actual broadcast, and I think it's true is, you know, he does his court, he has a lot of coordinate coordinator turnover. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that that can impact just from a continuity standpoint, because you look at like what Brent Venables was able to do on Clemson's defense. And you're like, but he and Dabo have been together for a long time, you know, right. I mean, that. That's a well-oiled machine. So, um, and you I wonder if Dabo won't start to have more of that because the more that program, yeah, be, you know, like that's going to be a, a a coaching pool to pull from if you're a school that's looking for a head coach. That's where you're going to start to go, you know. And yeah. and I think that that that's sort of the that's sort of the trick of being super successful is 
you got it's harder to hold on to your people it's it's harder to have that kind of continuity um yeah but i mean those uh, golly those are two phenomenal programs two fun- yeah. as, as tired as i get as much as some little part of me was like oh thank goodness i'm not gonna have to walk into somewhere and sidestep yes. a bunch of national championship merchandise for the 472nd time since we have lived in the state of alabama and not really but i mean yeah. it was it's nice to see that it's not so one-sided you know that yes um, that that there are other schools that have a chance, but just those are two incredible programs. And yeah, and what Nick Saban has done at Alabama is remarkable, and what Dabby Sweeney has done at Clemson is remarkable. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Just really, and and I think Clemson to me because you do look, and I mean, you know, now you're like Dabo. I don't know that you can call it little old Clemson anymore, but it is. I mean, that was never a historically powerhouse football school, mm-hmm. and so. Now the fact that he's turned that in, I mean, Alabama has had their glory days all along the way, but to see what he's done with a school that nobody really thought of as a football school, I think is pretty amazing. Now, we have also not talked since A&M's bowl game. Listen, A&M had a fabulous bowl game. (laughs) I am going to say the first half, I was a little concerned. I was Mm -hmm. like, in the first quarter, especially, I was like, yeah. This I don't really know what's going on here, um, but I'm going to say we pulled it together. Yes. And Travion Williams had himself a ball game. He had a day. Listen, I, I could not be happier for him. I mean, you want to talk about a kid who just number one came alive this year. I mean, he's always been a good player, but just had a standout year. And he's just, by all accounts, is such a good kid and and just such a loyal Aggie and loves the school so much. And so. Um, I am sad that he is leaving for the draft, but I also totally understand you got to go get your Mm -hmm. money while you can. So um, anyway, it was, I I thoroughly enjoyed that game. Well, I know that watching, like when I would go back to Twitter, like for the couple of days after the game, I got so tickled um, because you know how, like, if you like something, it'll pop up in my timeline or whatever. (laughs) And listen, there was a wealth, there was a wealth of A&M optimism in my timeline every day. Just a, just a bevy of A&M hope yes. for, for, for a fantastic future in my timeline, which makes me very happy. Oh, we have never felt more. And I think there were so many things like it is an Aggie fan, like the Jimbo Fisher, like the last, our last offensive series of the game, like he let our 12th man score the touchdown, like mm-hmm. he called that play. And that just means so much to Aggies everywhere because that was the first 12th man to ever score a touchdown. And everybody loves Cullen Glasvia because he's just such a great guy and, it just, it gave me a lot of feelings. I mm-hmm. felt really good about it. And I'm going to say that I rode that high until I watched Georgia. Um, oh. I don't know what they did. They combusted. I they, and, I, and I think for so many people to have said like, Notre Dame should not be in a playoff game. Georgia should be in this game. Yes. Notre Dame does not, should not be here. And then all of a sudden it's like, eh, well, yes. Yes. And I, and I'm here, I'll be the first to say, and you know, if anybody would like to take something away from the university of Texas, it would be me. Sure. I'm going to say they played a good ball game, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that I do not feel like Georgia played to the best of their ability during that game. Yeah. Something was off. Like it just, it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think the ball games are weird, you know, and state did not have a great, a great ball game. They got beat by mm-hmm. Iowa and just did not play well at all. Could not score. Just could not yeah. get a touchdown. Yeah. Um, 
So I don't know. I think sometimes the bowl games are weird. The matchups are strange and that kind of stuff. But yeah. but I, I I remain. I don't need an I don't, I don't need an eighteen eight team playoff. I like the four team playoff. I think having those two games on that Saturday before mm-hmm. New Year's. I think that's super fun. I don't know. I enjoy it. I think it's. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really I really do like having at least something in terms of a playoff. But I don't know that that any of us would would be served any better by eight teams being in that thing. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think that you, it's funny because I don't know that, you know, I think everybody was bashing Notre Dame. Well, now when you look at what Clemson did to Alabama, you're like, well, maybe Notre Dame wasn't as terrible as everybody was wanting to paint them as. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that Notre Dame doesn't ever have to play a conference championship game which is kind right of because if Alabama and Georgia hadn't had to play a conference championship game, then Georgia could have gone. So that's exactly right. I don't know. So I, it's not a perfect system, but what is? But what is a perfect is? system? Now, a, mm-hmm. with your time over the holidays, I know you rewatched a, a good bit of Friday Night Lights. I mean, I think that you, like you really dug it. back in to, yeah. the, to the Friday Night Light narrative. But what else? Anything else that, that caught your attention or that you well, tried to watch or like to watch or whatever? After I finished watching Friday Night Lights, because I did finish it, I can't even tell you how many nights I stayed up to like 2.30 in the morning. And I'm going to tell you just, I would really encourage you to watch it again, because it. I watched it with fresh eyes, with clear eyes. I yes. watched it with clear with, eyes and with, a full with, heart. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and I didn't lose, is what I'm going to tell you. So it was great. But um, but then I decided to, I was kind of lost. You know, after you finish something, I was like, I really enjoyed watching that. What can I watch now? I need to make a like a right turn. And so I had seen mm-hmm. some people mentioning uh, Marie Kondo's show on Netflix called Tidying Up. Yes, I have seen so many people mention tidying up on social media. Yes. And I, I have not read the Marie Kondo book. I don't really know that much about it, except that it seems probably like it's not for me. But I'm interested in anything that interests that many people. Yes. Well, and that's why I was like, I'm going to, so I'm going to tell you, I made it through two episodes. I don't know how many okay. there are. Okay. Um, I, here's what I'll say first. I have not read the book and I, I wouldn't read the book because I would never buy a book about organizing or cleaning or anything like that. So um, mm-hmm. same, like I laughed because I was like, I looked at the Amazon top 100 and like in January, if you want to have a best-selling book, it either needs to be on organizing or doing the keto diet is what you okay. can look at the whole party. That's going to be your what best. If it's a, what if it's a, a, a dog that, that, um, <laughs> that does the keto diet and during wartime? Would that, that would really be better, wouldn't it? Yeah, as long as he organized his drawers at the same time. Then sure. That, sure. That's a knock-out-of-the-park bestseller. It's, that's everything mm-hmm. you could ever want. And maybe mm-hmm. if he... Um, also had worked in the Trump White House at some point that would be <laughs> at that point I mean that's that's like money in the bank so um, right. I don't right. want to spoil what my next book is about but I think we just, <laughs> I think we just hit on it I know, I know. Uh, there there's so many things I want to say right now but I'm not going to say any of them because I, I'm still in my 40s so I'm <laughs> just just wait till October just wait till just wait October. till October, because uh, when I get when I turn fifty, I'm gonna have some things to say. That's <laughs> what I. I'm gonna I'm gonna let it roll. I'm gonna let it roll like thunder. Okay, uh-huh. go. So anyway, so I have not read the book, but I started watching it, and 
here's what I will say. She's very lovely. She has a very gracious sure. manner about her. She's the kind of person that you're like, well, you could basically come live in my home and I wouldn't even know you were here because you're just so gracious and warm and kind. And she just has this whole way about her. Like in the first episode, this like 18 month old little girl is like, I want to go to her, like leaves her mom because she went. And I was like, I get it, kid. I would okay. want Marie Kondo to hug me too. Um, okay. All that to say, I can't it stressed me out because it made me feel like, do I need to go clean out my closet? And then she has you, you have to decide what sparks joy. And if something doesn't bring you joy, then you have to get rid of it. But you have to say thank you to it first. Like, thank you, socks. You have to say thank you to the socks. Yeah, you say thank you before because they- What if it only brings me joy because it fits? Like, what if? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't like you, but you button. No, so that, <laughs> not a deal. Like, yeah, but it's post holidays and you have an elastic waistband. So yeah. it's, I'm going to take so, joy where I can get it. That's right. That's right. So, but the stuff that you don't want, you say thank you to it and you put it in a bin, I guess, to donate or whatever. Um, her other thing is that all, so you kind of, you uh, go. Uh, so wait, hold on. I, yeah. I got to come back to this for a second. Yeah. No. Are you telling me, are you telling me? Yeah. That to a certain extent, we are reconciling with our socks yes. before, like, like we are practicing reconciliation and restoration with our socks, underwear, and old t-shirts. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. This is fascinating in contrast to everything else going on in this world. Yes. But we're going, but by mm-hmm. diggity, we're not going to let some socks leave with some bad energy. No, we are not. And I'm going to tell you, I, okay. I, I want to say that some of this stems from me from the Toy Story movies, because okay. I think that when you watch Toy Story, it really made me, I'm going to tell you that as a grown woman, I went through a series of time that I felt guilty for throwing out Caroline's toys because I was afraid it was going to hurt their feelings. That's a real thing. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. You'd feel bad. You're like, well, I mean, Barbie, you were good to us or whatever. But I, so I, okay. I don't know that Marie Kondo's ever watched Toy Story. Maybe this is just her own thing, but she's very into, you have to be, you produce a grateful energy. You're thankful. You thank your home okay. for sheltering you and for, okay. you know, for giving you warmth and whatever. And so you go through, okay. I can't remember the whole thing, but you go through your clothing and then you go if you could see the look on my face right now, by the way, <laughs> I'm, I'm just as puzzled, but I'm intrigued, but yeah. I am puzzled. So she has, okay. a, she has you go in four categories. Like you go through clothing and then you go through like your kitchen and then you go through, I can't remember the other, maybe like books and stuff. And then you have like miscellaneous, which is just everything else. So her thing is, is that everything has to have a home. So all your like miscellaneous little tchotchke, like your drawer that has like your charging cords and your batteries and all that inside that drawer, you should have like four separate boxes that you put that stuff in. Okay. Does that make sense? Instead of just having it all. Yeah. So like everything. So it just. So your cord lies, it's nestled in a box instead of being tangled up with other things. Yes. Here is where she lost me. I felt like when the first episode was over, which is a a darling young couple with these two young kids, they seemed to really feel like this had made a huge difference. I felt like I looked and thought, well, for as long and as hard as y'all have worked on this, I'd need my house to look neater than that. 
Like, okay. And here's, in true confession, here's a lot of the way I tend to organize and make my house feel straight. I shove it somewhere that I'm not going to see it and I close the door. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Right. So um, anyway, all that to say, I went through and I was like, I'm going to start cleaning out my closet. I'm going to get rid of a bunch of stuff that I don't wear because admittedly, I have a lot of stuff that I'm like, and I'm pretty good. You know, I'm pretty good about cleaning out my closet. Yes. You love to clean out your closet. I do, but I do tend to hold on to things that I haven't worn in years just on the off chance I'm going to wear them. Even though I know that if something were to come up that required more than sweatpants and a sweatshirt, that would not be the thing I would put on, but I can't get rid of it because I don't know. I just Mm -hmm. still kind of like it and I might want it. And so I kind of went into my closet with this, like, I'm going to have this hardcore. I'm really going to think about what sparks joy. And ultimately I looked at my clothes and I said, I love you all. You all spark joy. I don't want to get rid of you. (laughs) The end. Stay with me forever. Stay with me forever. And what I really thought is if I'm going to start getting rid of things that don't bring me joy, I wouldn't have stayed married for 21 years because sometimes you got to hold on till the joy returns. Right. That's what I'm going to say. That's yeah, exactly. And that goes exactly. for everything. You can that's cycle it. back around to joy sometimes. That's it. That's friends. That's kids. That's everything. Sometimes you just have to hold on and go, Hey, I'm not feeling it in this moment, but it may come back and it usually mm-hmm. does. So that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, okay. So that's what yeah, I want. Not for you, thank you. No, not for me. But but I think everybody. I get you know people you want, and I think after Christmas, Netflix is brilliant in their timing because I will say if there's a time that I really do want to purge and clean out, it is after Christmas because you've brought mm-hmm. new stuff into your home, you get the tree down, everything feels like a clean new start, and you're like, this is the time to get rid of some stuff. Yeah, and listen, I'm all for. I mean, if that makes people. If that leads them to a place where they feel like their life is more orderly and more manageable, then have at it, yeah, everybody. Like, absolutely. Because it does make you, like, when things do get cluttered, it, it it completely affects how you feel in your head and your heart. No, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And I do not like, I mean, I will say, I do not like clutter. I like to clean off my, now, like I said, I will shove it in drawers so I don't have to see it sure. on something, but I do like my space to look neat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what about you? I do a really good job keeping keeping one side of the house pretty clutter free. Mm-hmm. But like right now, my office, I've got books stacked on my desk, and um, I'll, I can get some stacks going in the bedroom sometimes. Like I just, I, I am not as mindful of it as I should be. But I always know if I would just buckle down and handle it at some point, I would feel so much better. Yes. Yes. Uh, Yeah. I get that. I get that. It's just, but sometimes it's just hard to know what to do with it. Okay. I know this is the third time I have interrupted this episode, but we are about to talk about a television show called Surviving R. Kelly. And I just wanted to let you know that in case you are sensitive to stories of trauma and abuse, or you are a survivor of trauma or abuse, this may not be your favorite topic. So I just wanted to give you all a heads up and let you know ahead of time. Um, okay, so I watched something very different over the break. I mean, I, now I did I did watch a full season of the Great British Baking Show, which is always fantastic. Yes. Any, any, any time I can spend time with the Great British Baking Show, is a, that's a really good, a really good string of days for me. 
but right before, well, right after New Year's, I watched the, um, Oh, I guess it was last weekend. I watched Surviving R. Kelly on Lifetime. Oh, how was that? I don't know that I'm going to be able to watch it, but I want to hear about it. I'm going to tell you what. Mm. I'm going to tell you what. I, I, mm, listen, I am so sorry for the, he has a very, very difficult story. Like mm-hmm. his early life was was very difficult he's had challenges just personally like and i'm i'm so sorry for all that i really yeah. am i mean you, i will tell you that what you see is how stuff we don't deal with ripples mm-hmm. like if, you, if mm-hmm. we're not gonna deal with it it's gonna ripple and then i think the other thing that we see and and listen if you are are, are affected just by hearing stories of um of abuse or of um, assault, that kind of thing. Like this is not the this is not the show for you. It's really difficult to watch, yeah. and I am. I, I don't think I'm. I, like it was hard for me to watch, and I certainly I don't think that I would. I think it was TV fourteen, but I don't. I don't think I would. I I, I would say more like sixteen seventeen okay. to watch it. Probably, yeah. yeah. It's because it's it's very, um, it's it's very difficult to watch, but. So I'm, 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 I'm empathetic with the struggles. Well, I guess I'm sympathetic with the struggles, but um, I'm going to tell you by the end of that thing, I was so mad mm. because how much does somebody have to do? Yeah. Like how, how, why are we so willing? Why are we so willing to let people who are in the depths with some narcissism and some arrogance run the show. Like, I don't understand how he is still doing the things that he has done. Mm. I don't understand. I don't understand. And, and, and I'll tell you something else, and I won't get into this too much, but it also says something. I thought a thousand times watching it, like when you listen to the number of stories that these these women have who have been either um, sexually abused by him or physically abused by him or manipulated by him or isolated by him, whatever the circumstances were. When you hear those stories and you think if those had been young white women, Mm. it would have been blasted on the news, Mm. but it does not play out like that. And I mean, so it really took me to a place of like, I, I don't know. Just there's a lot. It's 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 you're, it's face to face with injustice just the whole way through. And so I hope that as a result of them making the show, yeah. That and I saw something yesterday that there's um, that there could possibly be some charges in Georgia. And it's not it's not like I mean it's not for vengeance against him. He needs some help. Yeah. And people aren't safe in his care. Yes. So. So deeply manipulative yes. and so dark. And mm. it is like watching um, somebody give way fully to their depravity mm-hmm. and, and society lets that thing go unchecked all the way down the line. And so I'm really, really, really hopeful that there'll, there'll be some justice. So it's not easy to watch, but I think it's it's worth watching if those kinds of things are not traumatic for somebody to watch yeah yeah. Mm. and that's kind of I'm like I just don't know that I can watch it and not I mean just I don't know just stuff like that is so hard to watch so I don't I don't know that I'll be able to but um but I've been hearing so much about it that I'm kind of 
intrigued. So just yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's like the first few episodes. You're like, okay, okay, that was bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was bad. That was bad. And then you see how after he was found not guilty, when he went on trial in Chicago, um, like it, how it empowered him mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, then you're sort of untouchable. I don't know. It's it's such an. I mean, it's it's a fascinating show. Just in terms of like of him and the the way his actions have affected women and their families and and all that kind of stuff, but it's also such an interesting statement about what we're willing to um endure or even promote or condone when there is power or wealth attached to it. Yeah. And I think because that's something I've thought a lot about anyway over the last few years for various reasons. And say I'm not talking, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into that because I'm still in my forties and I'm mm-hmm. I'm yes. very breezy. Um but because I've thought about that so much over the last few years, this is like, okay, all right everybody. Like somehow culturally we have got to loosen our fascination with with this kind of stuff because um it gives it gives people way too much power when those people cannot be trusted with that kind of power. I think there's a okay, so I think that there's an interesting because I do think that we've seen in the last year or two where that it's getting called out in a way that it never has before. You know, like For sure. I, so I think you're starting to see this reckoning that hasn't happened before, which I think is positive. I think the problem is is what you would like to think is that you would have people that would go, "Oh, look at how that played out for him. I'm not going to behave in that same way." But I think inherent in that damaged narcissist whatever personality you're always bulletproof mm-hmm. so I don't think it stops the behavior I think you just Absolutely. have to you just have to hope that people have now learned or are starting to learn to be brave enough to to come forward with it and to not to come forward and to tell yeah you're right because that that's kind of the catch of the last really 10 years with him is and his ex-wife even said she said he has a god complex like mm. there, there is this this perception that you're untouchable and i don't think he's untouchable anymore i think yeah. that, that is it kind of chronicle how things have come to light over the last couple of years and how people have um protested against you know with the whole mute r kelly movement and that kind of thing like people are on to him mm-hmm. but it's just, it's so, as we all know from things in our own lives and things that we've seen play out um, kind of publicly, it's so frustrating to to sort of see somebody who continues to try to spin and point the finger at other people and who will not accept responsibility for what they've done. Anyway, so that was kind of a downer, but, yes, yes. Okay. but, but it was, it was good. And I'm glad I watched it. And um, and it's made me think, and it, it was it was good for me to listen to to all of that, and um, and I I think that you know we have to kind of know some of these stories in order to sort of yeah. learn and 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 hopefully um, all be in positions where we when we see red flags we will step up and and do something because I think there were red flags for days and days and days and days. Yes, and yes. people just. Just look past them. Yeah. Mm, it's awful. It's so, so sad. Anyway, so, okay. so I watched that and I yeah. watched the great British baking show. So pretty okay. much I sat at, at two ends of the spectrum. But now we both went and saw, I think, Mary Poppins Returns. Yes. Oh, a, that's another end of the spectrum. To, yes. to, do an, to do an upswing. To do an upswing. Yes. Mary Poppins Returns, which I found practically perfect in every way. It 
was utterly charming. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was captivating. It was, I just, you know how I felt, I felt this way the last couple of years. I felt this way with La La Land. I felt this way with The Greatest Showman. And I mm-hmm. felt this way with Mary Poppins. Not a hint of cynicism. No. Not, not a hint of, of darkness. Just... It was uplifting, and I thought the music was so great. I thought Emily Blunt was perfection. Yes. I thought Lin-Manuel Miranda was so entertaining. I just, I loved it. Yeah, I did too. I thought the whole thing was so cute. I thought the story was great. I thought it was very true to the original without trying to be the original. Um, I just thought the whole, I thought the music in it was really great. I mean, I just, I loved several of the songs in it. and I just the cover is not the book. But hey, yeah. listen, you know, I, I walked out of that thing and um, um and I, I can't remember who it was. You know, the gospel was all over. Mm-hmm. But the cover is not the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that was that was so great. And um, oh, what's the other one about? I know what you're talking um, about. The one about um, on the other side or um, trip a little light fan. A little light fantastic. Oh, that was so good. That was so good. Uh-huh. Yeah, it really was just, yeah, I just thought it was really cute. And it was the perfect way. I always like to go see a feel good movie at Christmas time. Um, and so mm-hmm. I made Caroline go see it with me, which she was kind of like, eh, but she actually ended up really liking it, which I knew she would. <laughs> well, we saw it um, with our friend Casey and her son, Sam. And um, Alex was out of town and Casey really wanted to see it. And so anyway, it was, it was so funny because Casey is a music person. She, she, um, she was a music major. She, Mm -hmm. she is a choir director. Like she's into all that kind of stuff. And so to, to kind of side eye her and watch her process those songs was almost as good as watching the movie. Oh yeah. Cause she's internalizing all of it. Mm -hmm. The songs, the choreography, the, the, the message, the lyrics, the whole thing. So that was fun. Yeah. But I loved it. And, and that was a great holiday movie for sure. It was. I tried to get Caroline right before Christmas, Alamo draft house, which is one of our, theaters here that you know where you can do dinner and they do like special screenings mm-hmm. of different movies and they had they were showing on a sat i think it was the saturday afternoon before christmas at four o'clock they were having an afternoon tea time movie and it was the little women version with winona Ryder, which you know is one of my favorites of all time oh and i forgot the, how much you like that i love that movie and i you know i watched it when caroline i always say when caroline was a baby i couldn't watch anything because everything was too much for i was so sensitive and everything was too much for me so i just watched that movie and i love the 70s on vh1 on repeat that's like all i <laughs> That's all I could watch. And it was a DVD and I would put in my DVD of Little Women and I was like this. It just, it soothed me. And so um, I tried to get Caroline. I was like, go with me. Let's go have afternoon tea time. They're having cucumber sandwiches and three different kinds of tea at a screening. And she was like, mom, you've got to stop. She said, I do not want to see Little Women. You tried to make me watch it when I was younger. It's boring. I don't like it. She said, she was like, Beth dies. It's depressing. I don't want to see it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So nobody wanted to go with me to afternoon tea time at Little Women. And I thought about just going by myself, so but I thought that would be the most depressing of all. 
Yeah. Maybe I'll do yeah. that the Christmas when I'm 50 and she's off at college. I'll- Maybe so. Maybe so. That's going to be me next Christmas. I'm going to get me an opal ice maker and cart it in with me. There you go. Yep. Eat me some crushed ice. And- yep. And just watch Little Women. So anyway, so I did end up finally watching Little Women on Amazon Prime okay. after Christmas. Okay, good. I'm yeah. glad you finally had your time with it. I did. I did. I don't know. We didn't talk about too many things, but we've been talking for a minute. Yeah, we've we've talked for a uh, well. We had a lot to catch up on. So I guess maybe we'll try to we'll try to come back around. We did more podcast episodes last year than we ever have. I can't remember the number, but it was a lot for okay. us. And so yeah, for us, we're going to try to keep on keep. Yeah, we're going to try to keep on keeping on in 2019. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're we're we're, we're on it. <laughs> so um, you're okay. You're on it. Everybody, as as always, we, we're so glad you were here with us. Thank you. Thanks so much. I know. Welcome to 2019. Welcome to 2019. I'm still in my 40s. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everybody. We'll talk to y'all later. Ow.